Hello and welcome to the FEZ show on this bright Monday morning on the 1st of June 2020. Can we believe we are already in June? On today's show we will be reviewing the sixth round of the Race at Home Challenge and with me to do so is Jack Pickering and Edward Hunter. Morning boys. Good morning. Hey Jack. Uh, it's good to see you. I can't believe, as I said, we're in June. We've been in this lockdown slash pandemic well i suppose we're easing the lockdown now jack um but yeah it's been two months two and a bit months yeah and i still haven't used my government allocated exercise allowance so <laughs> it's uh uh it's gone well for me but um but yeah no it's been it, I, I to be honest it's been more of the same i just sit in my room the majority of the time so uh, it's just just more of the same it's time think, i've I got think... lots of uni stuff to do so yeah, it keeps me busy. Keep keeping you busy. I think this is our 35th show now, Ed. So a, a, a lot of shows. We started this back, I think it was like the 6th, 4th, 5th, round about out of April. Um, so we're, we're heading on two months now for doing this show. So um, And we've had, obviously, we've had some incredible support and obviously the Discord channel um, and, you know, the increase of likes and Twitter mentions. It's been great. It's been great to hear um, so many positive things about the show um, over the last couple of things, Ed. Yeah, um, not really much to add to that, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, it's always be, always good to have more people around and watching so, our ramblings. Yes, I know. Watching us talk. I don't know how people... Uh, we thank you so much. Cause Why do choose... they put up with it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like They choose half an hour of their day they spend listening to three guys or sometimes girls if we have Jasmine on and hopefully Abby in the future for future shows, um, who's also part of our team. Um you know, just just ramble about Formula E for half an hour, and you people seem to like it. People seem to enjoy it. We don't know why. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody's complained about your singing yet, either. <laughs> yeah, and and we thank you for it because um, it it yeah, all the nice comments that we get, it's a massive uh, appreciation. But let's get on with the actual rambling and with the actual Formula E talk today. So um, we're reviewing New York, the sixth round, and it was actually it wasn't too bad of a race, Jack. You know. There was a little bit of carnage at the front, and I really feel for Maximilian Gunther because, man, qualified well. Was P2, was I think P3, but promoted to P2 because of Pascal Valois' penalty for punting him off in Berlin last week. Makes a good start, but then it was the Ven one of the Venturis, I think Mortara or, or Neil Yarny, I think both of them uh, going into each other sort of like punted Gunther off. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I might be getting this confused with the sim race. I'm not 100 percent sure. But one thing that I do remember was, um, I think there was a there was a cheater involved as well. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. There might have been the Costa. But, I think the Costa might have yeah. gone into him as well. Yeah, either that or I think I might be getting confused with the uh, Nuno Pinto in the sim race. Um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but no, there was um, uh, there was a, there was an accident turn one in both races. Um, uh, both of both of which spun out the guy in, in who started in position two. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing because this means that Max Gunter, who was like, you, it, you wouldn't have said anyone else would have won the championship after round two when he was fifty points up. Um, he, he'd won the he'd won the practice race. He'd won the first two races of the season. He was well on his way to winning this. And now he's basically out of it. There's there's one point between uh, Stoff and Pascal at the top of the table, which is going to be very exciting for the final two rounds of the season this weekend. But you do feel for Max Gunter because this was probably his opportunity to close in on it. And he missed 
and he's missed his opportunity. That said, though, Stoffel Van Dorn won the race, so I would just uh, like to pick up one of my trophies and uh, just pat yourself thank on the, the back. Academy. Yeah. You finally, yeah. you finally got another. You I'm got back, another one baby. Right. Another one right of who was going to win. So I'll tell you what, you must be what four for five on predictions of who is going to win the race, which is pretty impressive. I, I think I'm. Three for five. Uh, I uh, I got because app doesn't count. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I said at last week, well, and we saw that, what happened there. That would and be And the then the week before, I think I said uh, Van Dorn again, and it was Pascal Verlein who won. So very happy to get back to winning ways, but I've got to predict two at the end of the week to and see if either of them are right. Yeah, let's see. Obviously, as I said, I feel for. For for like and the racing standards like I don't understand why there was such like this banzai move going down into turn one like it was just not necessary Ed. Yeah, I th- I feel it's um, it was more of a track design thing because you didn't quite see the same problem in the first corner in Berlin, for instance, where it's quite open and you know we saw some foul play in Berlin as well from guys in the back who got grid penalties which is something I think you know worth touching on at least that they are starting to enforce penalties for poor racing etiquette in both the sim races race and the Formula E drivers race um yeah so so Gunther really just um lost out in that opening thing like 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 Pico said the same thing happened in the sim races race where I think Peter Brilljack went for a sort of marginal move on was it Lucas Muller and him and Muller ended up just getting stuck at almost to the back and having to fight their way through so that, meant that, was, that was the interesting part of the sim races race I guess but the FE drivers race um, it really cleared the way for Van Dorn to romp away up front and then I think it was Roland and Berline who basically fought for second place for the majority of the rest of the race and I think Yanni was ended up being overtaken by both of them yeah, that was really good. Obviously, yeah, because obviously Van Dorn from then, Jack, went on. Like, he was in a class of his own 10, 15-odd seconds up the road. But there was a really good battle between Verlan, who's obviously coming through the pack, obviously Yanni, who, who went into second, and obviously that battle with, with Roland. Um, it was some really good racing for a couple of laps. Yes, yes, it was. The, this weekend was the just the whole the race winners run away at the front. But in, in both races, you had stuff in the you had stuff in the drivers race, and you had uh, Kevin Siggy in the mm. in the sim races race. And touching on that turn one instant in the sim races race, I was gutted for Lucas uh, uh, for Lucas Muller because um, I always root for an underdog. So I've kind of been rooting for him this season in the sim races challenge. So and uh, I'm I, I'm I, I didn't realize how the format worked in terms of um in terms of the sim races thing so the winner takes all thing next sunday is going to be really exciting um but um but no in the um uh in the drivers race that battle for second was absolutely phenomenal i I mean i don't think anyone would have said neil yani would have been second for the majority of that race and he did he did a fantastic job and i was gutted that he couldn't hold on in the end and i i think he made a banzai move which backfired on the final lap which demoted him to fifth, which is unfortunate. But um, and uh, and Pascal Verline made his way back up to second, and then uh, and then Ollie Rowland third. But um, also with Gunter being punted round at turn one, and I think him and De Vries were like touching front ends. So yeah. that sounds wrong. That Don't sounds cross wrong. the streams. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go for. It. They were going into each other like that for about 10 seconds before they were able to go back around for Gunter to actually finish that race in P12 
it was um it it, it was a phenomenal it was phenomenal drive from from Max Gunter, but yeah, it was disappointing that he is basically out of the championship hunt now. Yeah, it's a shame. I suppose it is a two-horse race. I know there is double points on the last race, but it's unlikely, Ed, I think, that Gunther will be able to, even because, like, you're still going to be expecting Van Dorn and, and Gunther, uh, not Gunther, and Verline to, to be there. So it's, I think it's unlikely Gunther's going to be there. And in terms of the sim race, because I know you love the sim race, because it was interesting, but I think that's just a one-horse race, really, now. I think that's just Kevin Ziggy's to lose. I think he just, he might be able to not even turn up next weekend, and he could still walk away with the title. I don't think it's quite that way because I think what Pico was alluding to there was they are doing a sort of winner takes all kind of thing, but um, I, I think I, I think Luke I think Lucas Muller might still be just about in, or, and Peter Brett might just about be in, in touching distance. Or I'd have to check the points. I think Joshua Rogers got a podium, so I'm not sure if he's still in it or not. But uh, but yeah, um, it is looking like Kevin Siggy's to lose. To be honest, and he's definitely I think they were saying that he was basically got two hands on the trophy. Whereas in the Formula E Drivers Race uh, Championship, I guess, even though there's no real prize up for grabs, it is looking a bit closer between um, Verline and Vandal. Like you say, Gunther really needs both of them to basically non-score in both races, I think, to stand any kind of chance at this point. Yeah, so this is basically how I see it with the sim race. So there's only one race left of the Race at Home Championship. And then the top 24 from the championship will go into a race on Sunday and they will, and whoever wins that one will win the, um, it's, it's basically winner take, winner takes all. Um, they get the, they get the epi drive. Uh, in terms of that, that means that Kevin, Kevin Tee has won the seven race championship, but that actually in the end means nothing. That, uh, so is, is it, that it, right? it's, it's very confusing, but that's what, I got from Saturday's race. I could be wrong. I genuinely could be wrong, because... but I believe Kevin Ziggy has won the championship, um, and it, and so the top twenty-four go into winner takes all on Sunday. And there's, I think, there's over thirty points between him and uh, Lucas Muller now, which uh, which means that the championship has ended in terms of who wins it. But then they all go into this race on Sunday where. Yeah, and anything can happen. And actually, I believe um, a friend of the show, Remco Major, he's seventeenth in the championship. So if seven people get more points than him come come the end of Saturday's race, I believe Remco can partake in that Sunday race. But Which I'm one? not, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't quote me, but I believe that's correct. I think Remco had other commitments anyway. But yeah. But I, th- I think, well, if you're in it and you get a chance, if Jack's right and you win it, then you might as well, because I think he's doing a virtual 24-hour race. But it'll be finished by the time the race I hope... It's in between but, stints to a Formula E race, yeah. If he's got any... I think it'll finish. I think it starts at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so therefore would finish 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Is it three o'clock um, French time or three o'clock ah, French okay, time? So yeah. there'll be an okay, hour. So there'll be an, an hour, hour difference. An hour. To sort of rest up, and maybe he doesn't do the last stint so we can sleep. But anyway, I think that's mad in a sense. Like Kevin Ziggy, deserves... you will be on pole though because the grid order is determined by points collected across the seven rounds of the challenge. So Kevin Ziggy is in pole position for those last for that final race. And this, so that final race is definitely then to decide who. So will will Kevin Ziggy then? get said you know the sim race at munich for the bmw m4 thing or is that still up for grabs on sunday as well 
I don't know. I, I, I think he's a dead cert either way, to be honest. But yeah, given loose form at the moment. I think that's rubbish. I think that is an absolute... But just because they're not doing a quality session, that's why they're having this um, Kevin Siggy's on What was it if he gets punted in the first corner? We've seen it. All they need to do is punt him out. <laughs> well, you could say that about the FE drivers race as well. Are they going to be going to crash out the line yeah, of Van Dorn? But the just FE, so that they forget chance. No, no one wins anything in the FE race it doesn't matter you know i'm telling you what now if gunther van dorn or verline wins the championship they will forget they won the championship in five minutes like it's not important to them whereas for the sim races this is important if kevin siggy's dominated this championship he should be the one driving that formula recar and getting that sim opportunity in munich um for the wherever it is with the bmws like if if for whatever reason kevin siggy ed does not win that Formula E drive, because something happens in that race on Sunday that takes him out of the race. Or what if his internet goes? What if his internet connection goes and he, he disconnects? That's mental. That is not fair. Well, I don't make the rules, Jack. I'm just reading them out. <laughs> oh, I do, uh, I, uh, I do kind of like it how I don't think Jack realised this was how it is. He's just realising it's on air and yeah. so we're getting his, gen <laughs> his genuine reaction from this. Yeah, this because, is fantastic. To be fair, I read... I just assumed, right, it was the exact same, right? I assumed that the FE race rules were the same as the sim race rules, right? In terms of, you know, double points on Sunday uh, and Saturday, right? Maybe I should have read them up, but, like, at the same time, you know, the Formula E race is what people are more interested in. I know the sim race has carries good weight in terms of a competition, but in terms of its competition now over the couple uh, over the last couple of weeks, obviously Kevin Siggy's been... Uh, absolute you know consistent in every race joshua Rogers was probably his main competitor but he's missed races and lucas muller has really come on over these couple of races but not in enough time for kevin sig to like get anywhere close to kevin siggy so fair play kevin siggy because boom he deserves it and if he doesn't get it for whatever reason ed it is formula you know this race at home challenge has got to be chucked in the bin. Wow, that's 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 very harsh, Jack. <laughs> and all the people who put their all those Studio 397 employees who put their hard work not and time them. into getting not these them. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. But like, come on, like, how, how, how can you do that to someone? How can someone put in seven weeks worth of hard work and graft to get to a position where Kevin Siggy is, and then he gets eight? It's a lottery, whether or not he wins or not. Well, it keeps it interesting for the fans, I guess, because the end priority is entertainment, I guess. So, yeah. I wouldn't participate. <laughs> You're not participating. You haven't. If I, if I was, if I was Kevin Siggy, like, I'd be like, "What is this? <laughs> it's madness." One thing it does kind of remind me of is, um, is the thing that they do in British Superbikes. Um, I've forgotten what it's do, but they have like a three-round showdown kind of thing where they kind of take the top six put them on zero and then go from there and whoever wins out of those uh, uh so there's three races three so everyone who wins out of the nine races wins the championship might have got that wrong again i don't know i don't follow bsb close enough to know that uh but yeah no that's but yeah no i think it's something like that to, to be honest with you in terms of the sim races rules i sort of I sort of looked at the rules for me to participate in and I sort of didn't really go further from there. So I'm trying to get them up to see if what you're telling me is both right. But 
I, st I, I still I find that mad. I find that absolutely mad. But what I want to move on to is I want to bring up some... Yeah, before you... Here. To get you off the top of the ceiling, yeah, let's move yeah. on. So, um, Alexander Sims. I'm going to talk about Alexander Sims because what a legend this guy is, right? Doesn't have the biggest Twitch following on Twitch, but I was streaming his Twitch, and obviously there was a lot of revolt after the Alexander Sims thing. Um, Daniel um, Lapp thing. And Alexander Sims was like, you know what? People might not stream, but I like streaming... I know you, you just got to be careful about what you say and stuff, but uh, I thought, what a legend. And he did really well because he said someone who's not as competitive managed to navigate through the first corner mayhem, was up to P10, then fell back, let Gumpfer through um, as he was surging through the field, which then effectively eliminated uh, Sims towards the end. But I thought it was really nice, you know, especially seeing someone like Alexander Sims stream. And, you know, he probably only had about 50 views compared to Stoffel Van Dorn. Now, Stoffel Van Dorn had about 500, and we know how popular Jack Stoffel Van Dorn is. But I think it's great that we are seeing these drivers, and th there is the possibility of, you know, watching these drivers and trying to get to know them a bit better. Sims was great. He was driving, asking questions, well, answering questions that people were answering in chat. And it was a really good way to, you know, I've, we've had the privilege of talking to Alexander Sims, but it's it's a great way to for fans to, you know, understand and get to know drivers like Alexander Sims, who is quite a quiet driver, uh, much better. Yeah, I'm not so sure if he should be answering questions whilst he's driving, because we did that to Remco a couple of weeks ago in Hong Kong, and he was about a second slower each lap. So um, you never know. I love Alex Sims and the fact that he's answering questions from the from from people that's absolutely fantastic. He could find a second though, I think <laughs> if he didn't answer these questions. Who I knows? Have, um, I have but a no, I, th I think it is absolutely fantastic that, that he's doing that. Yes, it's not to that many viewers but um but yeah, no that's good guy Alex Sims which is not surprising whatsoever. No, but it's nice that people it's nice, and you feel like, man, this guy deserves... Because, you know, all right, Formula 1 is Formula 1, right, in terms of streaming, right, in terms of, you know, your likes of Charles Leclerc, Landon Norris, even Roman Grosjean was streaming iRacing yesterday, was hitting, you know, 3,000. You know, they're getting about 3,000 viewers. Charles Leclerc can get to 7,000, and, you know, depending on what they're streaming, both Norris and Leclerc can hit 30, 40, 50,000 easy. Um, in terms of their streaming, so and you just you look at Alexander Sims, he's such a nice guy. You just feel like this guy deserves just that bit more. Like in terms of the Formula E plug, like a lot of people weren't streaming, and you know, even for me, Stoffel Van Dorn, this guy wins fan boost like no one wins fan boost. Like he's dominating it, but only gets about five hundred on his stream. You'd think, man, if for Stoffel Van Dorn, you think he'd be in the thousands as well. So, um, it's but it, my point is. Ed, it was great to just see the drivers still streaming despite the situation and still having fun with the fans. Yeah, did um, I didn't check? Did James Collada and uh, DeCosta carry through, follow through on their threat not to stream? Uh, or? I don't follow James Collada on Twitch, but I do follow Antonio Felix DeCosta, and DeCosta did not stream. Ah, fair enough. So it sounds like he did follow through. But yeah, um, Alex Sims, great guy, and you got to remember, I, I agree that he should have more people watching him because remember, this is the guy who set up a relief fund for COVID where he basically went and donated PPE equipment from race teams um, and, and, and he just he got involved directly driving the van around to donate that stuff so yeah and that was something he did just off, off his own back he didn't even really have to get involved but he decided to step up to the plate and uh, that, that so yeah he's 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 a have-a-go hero really 
I think. And that's his attitude to this whole sim racing thing. That, you know, I'm not a pro at this, but I'm going to give it my best shot and um, going to have some fun while I do it without being a dictator, <laughs> which uh, sometimes some people seem to have an issue at times. Right, I, I hope from here, people, people watching, on Saturday and Sunday, go to Alexander Sims's Twitch stream because I know, you know, this show in terms of on the podcast app gets about a hundred, you know, just about a hundred listens. The show, the snippets, you know, they get about another couple of hundred. So if everyone can go, give Alexander Sims some support, give him some love and attention because man, that guy deserves it. He's doing a great job on Twitch and not as many people are seeing it. So go on. So boys, I want to talk about just sort of looking ahead. Um, towards next weekend's race. Well, obviously, we're back to New York on Saturday and Berlin Sunday, but I want to mention something that Nikki Shields did because I was already writing it down because she said, we're going to be announcing two new tracks. Well, she didn't say new, but she said we have two announcements to come for next week's track and then had to quickly backtrack that statement. And I thought that was quite funny, Jack, because obviously we've been talking about DLCs for ages and we were wondering whether there'd be one, two, three, whether or not there'd be a DLC for the final round and do two races at that same place, whether that would be London or what's or or a fi- you know whatever Rome we were hoping for, for example. I think a lot of people, were, in terms of official capacity, would really love to see Rome added to the game. Um, but I found that very interesting how she sort of you know teased that there would be something and then had to very quickly backtrack as someone shouted in her ear. Obviously, no, nothing new is coming. Like. You might as well tell them that we're racing at Berlin and New York. And she's like, okay, <laughs> we're racing. We're going to be racing Saturday at New York and Sunday at Berlin. Nothing really to announce. <laughs> I just thought that was quite funny. Yeah, no, I think I think, I, I, I think it's disappointing that we're not going to another track. I think that's something that ev- everyone wanted to see. Everyone wants to see some new tracks. Um, well, we uh, and to be fair, we've been to uh, we've been to Berlin twice. We've been to Hong Kong. No, no, no we've been to Monaco <laughs> twice. Sorry, um, Hong Kong twice. So we might as well go to New York and Berlin twice as well as 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 well as that one trip to. Um, to electric docks as well um yeah no it's uh, it's disappointing because like i i i would have been really excited with london i would have been really excited with rome um and yeah if 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 studio 397 continue working with formula e and try to get these tracks onto our factor after um uh, after these uh, after this pandemic's over and and stuff like that so so go to uh, go uh, go to Rome when the Formula E is there and do, uh, laser scan the track on like the Thursday or the Friday before or sort of just just something like that and and yeah just do yeah just do so just do something like that I think it'd be great um, yeah that, and that's then release the bundle ask. and yeah I think um, uh, and yeah hopefully we'll have a little thing that I can get on our factor sometime too. Yeah, Ed, that's what I was going to ask. Like, you know, human beings are silly creatures, let's face it, right? We're not the most cleverest when it comes to these types of things. And what I mean by that is, Formula E have obviously put a lot of effort at this precise moment into putting new tracks into R-Factor 2 so they could do the championship. Once this championship's over next week, is that just going to stop? Are we just not going to care about R-Factor 2? Are they going to go back into, well, we've done it. There's no, we're not going to do it anytime soon, so we might as well just leave it for a bit. Or do you think they're actually going to realise, ah, you know, like how most people in the world is, is changing with, you know, the way people work now. 
in our form are you going to go ah you know actually we should continue and actually build something with VAR Factor 2 and, and have like a semi-official game or do you think they're just going to slip back into old ways I, I really hope that they do carry on with, and I've said this before I think when you've asked me similar questions about where what they're going to do going forward but I think I I I think you, they will, you could say, oh, well, look at this and say, oh, well, the only time people ever actually took any interest in Race at Home was with the whole Daniel Ack thing and the whole scandal behind that. And that just shows that people only care about it when things go wrong. They don't actually care about the racing and stuff, which I think is a bit misleading. I think there is an audience out there for it. It's just in terms of building up that audience. It doesn't come overnight. And I think you've got to actually put a bit of effort in to, to build up that audience and you know, give them what they want to see, which is good racing. It doesn't matter, you know, who's doing it in some most cases. Well, having Formula E drives, of course, attracts that pre-existing audience that they already have, so it makes sense why they put so much effort into that. But I, I, I think in terms of just having experience for people to play, even just independent of whether there are any more competitions, I mean, who doesn't want to drive on, you know, London, Paris, Rome, all these other great tracks and iconic locations that Formula E has, so... I think they would be definitely missing a trick if, if they said, well, we've done this, let's just leave it. And like they did for three years before. Because what we understand for the reason simply why they haven't done it was money. Like they just, you know, someone who was working on the Formula Re team in terms of the esports side of it before basically told us like the reason why there has been this massive gap between, you know, the Vegas e race and, and the race at home challenge in terms of something sim racing was just money. There was just no money for for it. So and obviously now they were forced to put money into it. So whether or not former in in that situation after COVID nineteen to carry on doing that, who knows? But there's yeah, there's got to be. Uh, you'd want them to carry on. It's a very much like climate change at the moment. You get Alejandro Gagjack, you know, mentioning, you know, well, this is a wake up call. Everyone's so much happier right now that the air isn't as polluted and there is another way that we can do this and it's only been weeks it's not been months it's not been years it's been weeks you know uh, well it has been months but not many months right but it's been weeks really in terms of and everyone's saying look how much cleaner the air is look how much just because there's less cars on track but as we get closer and closer to lockdown the more and more cars are getting on the on on the road and obviously people are saying hopefully this would be a wake-up call that we need to push towards electric vehicles and we've had this discussion before about 2040 i think if the government really wanted to to send this message because obviously as soon as we go back to normal all the cars are going to be on back on the roads all the buses all the trains like everything's going to go back to normal because the infrastructure for electric cars is not there yet so you know how can you change something if you don't have the material to change it but if the UK government came out today, or other governments who've said 2040 is a date for the stopping petrol cars, once they pushed that back five years and said, actually, from what we've learned, we should push this back to 2035 and really push on electric vehicles and get back to this cleaner environment. And I think, you know, that's what, in terms of what a gag is hoping for, and maybe people at Formula E, um, that's what they want. They really want the governments now to come together and say, hey, look, we said 2040, but we've seen what it's like without cars during 2020 could we potentially push this back uh we'll push this forward in terms of an ending petrol consumption and buying petrol cars earlier i think it's i think it's entirely possible yes uh whether they will do it i'm not so sure I, i'm i don't think that we're going to go back to like how it was i, th I think everyone will 
be a little bit more aware now than they were before. Um, but uh, but uh, but you said like we've been in this thing for, uh, we've been in this pandemic for months and uh, and we have now. But the thing is, we saw changes after like we saw changes after a couple of weeks. I mean, it, I mean, I remember about two three weeks into lockdown, I, I remember seeing seeing people say that. COVID-19 has done more for climate change than Greta Thunberg ever did and I'll be honest it's pro that's probably true um and yeah and and, and, the, and the changes that we have seen is fantastic yes um government should continue to push all the um uh, they should continue to push all the um all the electric vehicles and try to make more of them on the road all, all the time uh however I don't I, I don't think we will see a huge change i think there will be a change to um uh, i think there will be a switch over towards the end of this decade where there will there will be a lot lot more electric cars now, uh, on the road than there are now but um i think 2040 is still a good target 2035 possibly put a it might be possible, but 2040 is definitely a safer bet. But if they, if we say 2035, it's probably going to be 2040. Good. If we say 2040, it's going to be 2045 because that's how people work. They they don't go, they don't arrive on time. I don't arrive on time. <laughs> but the thing is, like, just before I, I I go to Ed on this, like, in terms of, you know, countries like Sweden, for example, and I know you're a big fan of Sweden and the, and the Nordic countries, yeah. Um, you know, they they're looking into banning petrol vehicles in this decade yeah no i think um i think that might be uh um yeah i think that might be a good option but um yeah i know sweden are very good i know that volvo they're only making uh electric cars now i think from uh from this point forward but yeah no i think it, uh, the, and the thing is these the scandinavian countries they, they they've always kind of been on top of um uh of like progressing stuff forward and they've yeah and the, that, that that's what I, I love i love the scandinavian countries so much i i, I do have a favorite but um but yeah no um yeah gee yeah, i wonder which one it is quite good sweden for those who are listening on the podcast apps um but i suppose ed that's the problem that i said earlier then when we you know humans are just creatures of habits and they go back into their old ways like they're so it's so easy that we'll learn nothing from this and we'll just go back to normal and then 2040 will be here and we'll be clutching at straws. Yeah, and uh, I think back to the Paris Climate Accords in 2015 and that was, that was a big deal at the time that they got all these world leaders to sign up to this uh, emissions reducing pledge. And then, of course, what happened was a few years later, uh, the, um, there was a new president of the United States and he decided he didn't like this country being signed up to the Paris Climate Accords. And so he pulled out and yeah, it's a sort of a kind of, I feel like um, all that optimism and all that, it didn't really lead to anything, the Paris Climate Accords. And so I, I feel there's a lot of potential for this whole COVID-19 of, oh, we've really had to think about the way that we do things. And I was like, ah, just kidding. Let's go back to burning fossil fuels and pleasing the Koch brothers and all the other, is it Koch, Koch brothers? You know who I mean, the um, yeah. fossil so fuel guys. What I want to move on to just before we wrap up the show um, is that there was a new story coming out about how we could end this season. And I thought it was very interesting because obviously we've been touting obviously going to Berlin, but you know, they're talking about Berlin doing six races. Now, when I saw that, I was like, well, that can't be right. 
uh, or that must be last resort if the you know Formula E have been in contact and they still are in contact with you know race circuits like Portimino Valencia and we've we've discussed that at length but Jack you know six races at Berlin yes they might be able to change the track layout but whether or not that will get FIA ratification and you know be allowed to to participate and do that in a short, such a short period of time I think it's optimistic I think it's great yes you can have Berlin as a hub but if you do six races at the same track, I think after the third or fourth one, you start to get a bit boring. Yeah, no, I'm not so sure about Formula One doing two races back to uh, back to back. But I think that's also the format that they that they do because they have all the practice on Friday and then practice quality on Saturday, then race on Sunday. And that two weeks in a row at the same track, will I don't think will work. Um, but with, with, uh, with Formula E's, layout double headers work but i can't imagine doing that three weeks in a row at the same track i just i just i just don't think it would work that well at all i think their best bet is to have a double header in berlin yeah and and harking back 35 shows ago uh i said berlin and valencia will will end out the season uh and 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 who knows maybe throw a donington park in there as well um because uh, because the thing is i think I I think the whole this whole scenario is 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 ending kind of a lot quicker than we thought it would because we're seeing uh, IndyCar go back to racing this weekend. Formula One are going to be back in about a month's time. Um, uh, uh, MotoGP they're um, they're set to go they're set to have their first races in Jerez at the end of um, July. So they're actually going. Back to it quite a lot quicker, and so maybe having a racing Donington at the end of August, then heading to Berlin and then Valencia is, is actually feasible. I think it's a good idea, Red, but I think it, it must be a last resort thing. I can't see it. And plus, what about this event thing? Like, you know, we went to Saudi Arabia and we had two races there, but that counted as one event, so that's not a race. Like, you know, what about this, this event thing that you know we're, we're currently talking about with the FIA rules? Yeah, exactly. It's a little unclear how if there's going to be FIA can give dispensation if they hold them all at Berlin to have it all that counts as a season, even though you only have five different places that you hold races at. But anyway, I'm thinking more on a logistical point of view in terms of they're obviously, if it's a TV only sort of event, there's a, it's behind closed doors essentially, so the fans can't come in. And there's a limit on how many personnel they can actually bring to the circuit. And that's going to be the teams, the drivers and you know cameramen and sort of officials they can just run the race the bare minimum and they just about can keep it under the uh mandatory number i'm not sure how many staff it is uh, but um but yeah that means that things like photographers uh lots of you know media people may uh, miss out actually as a result so it's not good news for them if they go through no this. no not at all so we interested to see, but as i said i think that must be a lot last resort thing that formerly come to let's see we don't know there's obviously many permutations that formerly will be looking into but boys we're coming to the end of the show but one thing i want to mention in the uk um is and we go green i think just a quick mention of this tomorrow so if you haven't tomorrow if you're an insomniac and want to wait till midnight uh, and watch it live or you could record it at because it's i think it's going out at midnight on Tuesday the 2nd, so great time, great, great viewing time for Formula E, um, not prime time action for sure, um, but that is going out on the 2nd of June at midnight, um, so feel free in the UK to watch it, if you're not in the UK, now we know we have lots of people who are not in the UK who listen to the show, um, 
8th of June. But we will do a show to sort of wrap up sort of our opinions to it. We can either wait to listen to that or you can listen to it and hopefully that gets you hyped up to watch it. Boys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Oh, cheers, Jack. Be good while I'm away, you two. <laughs> yes. Um, so, if you have been enjoying the content, please remember to hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us, it's so great at the moment to see so many people joining the Discord server. Um, it puts a smile on all of our faces and it is absolutely fantastic to get to know every single one of you. Please, you know, hit that Discord link. Come and join us. Come and join the chat about Formula E and other random things that we're talking about. Uh, it, it, but it's, it's really good fun. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you so much for watching. You've been watching the FEZ show. I don't know why. Goodbye.